Little boxes on the hillside. Little boxes made of ticky tacky. Little boxes on the hillside. Little boxes all the same. There's a pink one and a green one and a blue one and a yellow one and they're all made out of ticky tacky and they all look just the same. Earlier in the week. I was in a conference call meeting with a network that is looking to sponsor and house a number of podcasts in order to become a powerful platform. It seemed like a good enough opportunity to organically grow and to be part of a group that could provide more visibility to my little podcast that could. I've been at it for a year and surprisingly, networks have been beating down my door to offer partnerships. Well, the first conference call was a getting to know you session, a meet cute, so to speak. And just like in school, we would go around the classroom and introduce ourselves. It started out well enough. The first brave soul volunteering to go and show the rest how it's done. They were person X and their podcast is about Y and Z. And then after a couple of questions, on to the next victim. I mean volunteer. While trying to fight my oh-so-short attention span, I kept taking notes of a few things. Things I tried not to think but couldn't help myself. Namely... Why did everyone's podcast sound the same? Business, coach, lifestyle, mentor, success, wellness, wave after wave after wave of sameness. It didn't take a genius to figure out how homogenous these podcasts were. I then went on to realize when it would be my turn, I would quickly be identified as something different, and in this case, maybe not better. That itself didn't concern me. I've spent my life being different in one way or the other, What's one more thing? No, what concerned me wasn't why I was so different, but why did everyone else seem the same? People, as always, specializing in sameness. At some point, it would come around to me and I'd have to answer who I am and what my podcast is about. To be fair, this wasn't a pop quiz. We were told beforehand we would have to answer this. But if you've been listening to my previous podcasts, and of course you have, you'd realize this isn't an easy question for me to answer. In fact, it's the most difficult. It would be a lot easier to tell you what my podcast isn't rather than what it is. But the same can be said for most of my creative content. It's unique. This isn't to say it's better, just different. I'm not a contrarian. Although I do believe to some extent we all do have a bit of contrarian in us. However, I don't set out to be different. I treat creating as a journey. I start where I start and let the story take me where I'm going. I may have a punchline or a destination, but I rarely map it out. I've been a very structured person in my working life, so for my creative endeavors, I'd rather enjoy not being as hard pressed. I've never thought to myself what kind of content would appeal to the masses. I usually think, I find this interesting and I might have something to say about it. As such, I wonder to myself, will my work ever be appreciated? Will it ever be popular? Or, today's version of popular, will it ever go viral? And the people in the houses all went to the university where they were put in boxes and they came out all the same. And there's doctors and lawyers and business executives and they're all made out of ticky-tacky and they all look just the same. 
In order to explore viral, I think it's vital to explain viral. What does it mean to go viral? According to Merriam-Webster, viral means quickly or widespread or popularized, especially by means of social media. Which is apt, but for this exercise, I want to get a deeper meaning. I want to go past the surface. At times, to really understand a word or a concept, you must use the root in which it was derived from, vis-a-vis -vis its etymology. Let's take this other definition of viral, also according to Merriam-Webster. Of, relating to, or caused by a virus, which is an infectious agent or small size and simple composition that can multiply only in living cells of animals, plants, or bacteria. The name is from a Latin word meaning slimy liquid or poison. There we have it. Viral is poison. Today, the meaning of virus has been repurposed in a way to fit this social media age. So let's find a working definition for now. To do so, let's think of the components of a virus. First, my apologies to the scientific community. I am going to butcher this. Just bear with me. I'm working on my doctorate in pretendology. Have a point of origin, be fast spreading, and far spreading. Now that we've defined what viral is in the context of today, we can finally answer what is viral. My answer might surprise you. I have no idea what counts as viral today, and for good reason. When I asked a few people when did viral become a thing, I received a litany of answers, but many of them revolved around the viral video. And if we were talking about viral videos, many would agree for the masses that would mean YouTube. To be fair, viral was certainly a thing before YouTube and social media. What I'm focusing on is the tipping point. Viral before YouTube meant being shared as email attachments in the 1990s to very niche crowds. We're talking about what would go on to be known as viral to the masses. So it's more AY after YouTube. Before YouTube, we're going to become the world's second largest search engine and be the unblinking, uncaring, capitalist, out-of-touch juggernaut it is today. It was a place for plucky underdogs with their weird home videos. Before it became a highlight hub for totally not out of touch late night talk shows, it was a place where the Rick could get rolled, awkward unpolished song parodies by even more awkward unpolished teens reigned, and the discover page meant something else than just the corporations that pay YouTube to be placed there. YouTube created the generation of stars right before this new one. But instead of being actual famous, they became internet famous. More on that later. Now, viral began way before anything internet-related, in my opinion. Viral began the moment the news was the thing. We can think of all the biggest historical moments in our lifetime and those that have come before us. Before there was ever an internet for public use, there was a news for public consumption. The moon landing, assassinations, terrorist attacks, social unrest, and more. The information and ideas of these events would be far and fast-spreading. We would see and discuss them with each other, people we know, and strangers we don't. We would marvel at what was and what was to come. So to be fair, viral has existed way before social media, but in today's context, it's the social media that counts. Here's the point. Viral means different things to different people. Viral used to mean 1 million views in a short time. Then it meant 5 million. Then it meant tens of millions. Hundreds of millions? A billion. Sure, sure. Slow down. I believe we lost sight of what viral is. Truthfully, viral depends. And it depends on many things. Chief of which being matter of perspective. 
While someone who makes video game content would possibly be happy with 1 million views, the largest Korean boy bands in the world would consider the video a failure if they'd only got 1 million views. A beauty channel might consider millions of views as any video a win or a loss depending on the size of the channel. The term viral and the results are all relative. Well, except when it comes to me. I can realistically say I've never had any of my creative content go viral. If a popular creative ever woke up and their numbers were the same as mine, they'd reevaluate all the choices they've made in life and most likely decide they've made all the wrong choices. And they'd be correct. Viral largely depends on the audience. If you're a small content creator and you routinely make videos, articles, etc., and usually reach no more than 1,000 people, if someone reached 500,000 people in a matter of weeks or months with a piece of content, you would consider that viral. Now, did it reach that million mark? No, but compared to where you were, that's a seismic shift. And that example can be scaled up, but the drift has gotten no. Now, viral has spread, get it? It's not only for YouTube, but for all the platforms where people have short attention span. The shorter, the better. Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok all have massive user bases. And for Instagram and TikTok, more than a little of that praise should go to the gone, but not forgotten platform Vine. Vine is what prompted the popularity of the short viral video and who we have to blame for the advent of the quick internet situational comedian who can't actually tell jokes. Viral used to mean something 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and even five years ago. Now, so many things are happening simultaneously and spreading so fast that even viral isn't really viral anymore. Why? Because viral numbers are experiencing inflation. Inflation is a term that is usually tied into economics and fiscal policy, but I think it's pertinent here. In economic terms, inflation is a persistent, substantial rise in the general level of prices related to an increase in the volume of money and resulting in a loss of value of currency. In simpler terms, an increase in the volume of content is resulting in the loss of value of said content. The markets are flooded with content. Here's the issue. With more and more people attaining a level of virality, it's losing the meaning. A decade or more ago, if someone became viral, they became either somewhat famous or infamous to those that don't even know them. They're known as maybe that person who did that thing that time. And sometimes they can get money from that. Now, if someone goes viral, they may never become the type of famous they are looking for. You can be a regular person, quote unquote, that had a moment of inspiration, recorded it, and sent it out to the ether. Guess what? It belongs to the universe now. People will copy it, meme it, critique it, copy it, songify it, copy it, argue it, copy it, and did I mention copy it? At best, that means your material can be repurposed by some other brand who's trying to draw views to whatever they are pitching. At worst, you can become the subject of ridicule in an internet roasting session. You can go viral for the wrong reasons. That moment may live forever, but nobody really cares about the person who created that moment. Your involvement with that moment was over the second it became viral. It's ours now. And the collective we will decide if you get to benefit further from this. Often, it's a no. Take TikTok, for example. It's a platform that essentially asks how well you can pantomime something someone else did. There are plenty of people who are TikTok famous, and that's amounted to nothing more than some heart reactions and some very questionable DMs. 
It's not just TikTok, however. It's all of them. If everyone gets their 15 minutes of fame, then fame doesn't mean the same anymore. Everyone has access to the same platforms, and with that comes the ability for anyone to become viral. So that 15 minutes of fame becomes 15 seconds of viral, and that 15 seconds of viral can infinitely mean more to everyone else and to the producer of that 15 seconds. But dear listener, here's the bad news. You can be viral and not famous. And to that point, you can be famous and not rich. And you can be rich and not happy. I conjecture there are many now who would rather be famous than rich if they had to choose between the two. And that's the age we are in. The age where it feels more viable to get famous than it does to get rich. Peeling back the curtain further. Where this is headed feels very much like an early Black Mirror episode. The one where the people lived underground and everyone had their own channel. You did certain routines to get a certain amount of credits or points all for a better life. And even if you were aware of the inherent flaw in the system, there was no way to escape. You were part of it and it owned you. And no matter how much you raged against it or tried to play into it, you were given a certain role to play. It either depended on your look, your talent level, or your ability to garner a response, aka your influence. With billions of users on all the social media platforms combined, it's too late to go back. There is no back to go to. Everyone is now doing a dance routine, making a comedy skit, or having an opinion that the world must hear. And success breeds copycats. After all, it's been said, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. But if everyone is doing the same thing, can we really see the difference between that which produces quality versus that which does not? Since I'm on all the social media traps enough, I realize half of the profiles I run into are influencers. Brand ambassadors, lifestyle curators, etc., etc., etc. Everyone's an influencer, even if you have 15 followers. Influencer has become a job now. I'm going to say this, and I do so out of love. If you aren't getting paid for whatever you're influencing, then you are the one being influenced. And by paid, I don't mean a discount or free merch. I'm talking about they pay you no matter what happens. And if whatever you're pushing is successful, they pay you more. You know who's an influencer? Famous global actors, athletes, superstars, musicians who get paid no matter what. You know who else is an influencer? Cult leaders. In fact, they're the most effective influencers. Guess what? Whether that product sells or flops, they get paid. You, on the other hand, are asking your 100 followers to buy some diuretic tea or a t-shirt line and use your code so you can get a percentage of the proceeds are not an influencer. Not yet, at least. But, I said to say, when I go through these profiles, there's so much of the sameness. One profile looks like the other, looks like the other, looks like the other. You all really do look alike to me. And you strive for it. But with everyone looking so much alike, no one looks different. In fact, a lot of them keep showing you similar things because that's what they think you're interested in. So I'm showing the same girl over again, I'm showing the same person over again, I'm showing the same memes over again, and it's being beaten in the head 
with sameness. All the world's the sameness. With the barriers of entry lower than they've ever been before, there's a new content creator born every day, meaning there's more content to compete with and there are so many hours in a day. And all content creation isn't equal. There will be those who put themselves out there, do the craziest, funniest, or nastiest things, and they will still never be seen because there's just too much to see. Personally, I see what I would consider to be good content get a couple hundred views. I'd also seen what I would consider to be bad content get a couple hundred views. You have people who put up maximum of effort and receive a minimum results, and then you have people who reap rewards for what seems like barely any work. Guess what? I understand it. Not only do I understand it, I support it. So don't take anything I've said as a judgment of those that seek out virality, popularity, fame, even of the internet variety. Or people who you think might be trying to be like everyone else. They're doing their best. Life isn't easy. It never has been. It's just been made more convenient in many ways. But convenience does not convert to happiness. Not automatically, at least. So, I'm rooting for them. But for me, I'm searching for something else. Do I know what that something else is? Hell no. But I have this feeling that I'll know it when I get there. If I ever do. I may never be viral. And neither might you. But guess what? That's okay. We may never be royals. It may not run in our blood. That kind of luck just isn't for us. It's okay to crave a different type of buzz. Now, there's a delicious irony in that song and those lyrics. An irony that the singer probably didn't expect, but came in time. Or did they? Was that their plan all along? We may never know. Here's a story. A few years ago, I wrote a handful of songs. I work with artists and have them professionally completed. Subjectively, I think they're good songs. I do not think they're great songs, but I do find them pleasant enough. I've worked with amazingly talented people, so there was always going to be a level of quality to them. However, I made those songs for the relative masses to enjoy. Why? Because of the type of pragmatic songwriter I was at the time. It was a time of transition for me where I was trying to leave business and corporate and go into complete creative. So I had those energies competing with each other. Instead of making very niche music that few would enjoy, I would instead make top 40 style, easy listening content that could be packaged and sold. I did not have delusions of grandeur about my songs. My biggest desire was to one day hear my songs playing through the speaker system in my local coffee shop as I ordered my half-full double shot with a twist light. Or to hunker down in a movie theater, butter popcorn, and other snacks at the ready before the previews come on, and then hear one of my songs blasting away while the local and national ads played on the screen. And I would sit there, pleasantly surprised, and have my moment of triumph. Alas, that no one never came for me. At least not yet. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking it's because they were never played. But that's not the case. I created three songs, and those three songs were good enough objectively to be accepted by Pandora and many other platforms that had to approve of the submission. 
Further still, based on the numbers, my songs have been played in several countries over 50,000 times lifetime. My songs have been played in a number of times, but it never led to any opportunities. Nobody's looking to hire me as a songwriter for their singer. And while I am proud of those songs and stand by them, if it was today, I probably wouldn't make them. Why? Because while those songs were objectively listenable enough to garner many listens, I don't know if it was authentically me. In fact, I can say without question, it wasn't. Obviously, I wasn't chasing the hottest genre, but I did create songs with certain audiences' mind. It wasn't so much what do I want to make, it was what do I want to make in the context of what I think audiences want to hear. I was trying to stay authentically me while producing music for the masses. Which can, but doesn't often lend well to each other. Also, these were my first songs that I created. I don't know how realistic my goal was. Hooray that I was able to get them published and circulated to a somewhat wide extent. But if I was to create music now, it would be totally different. Do I regret the music I made back then? Absolutely not. I'm very proud of what I created and I stand by that work. And I still hope to one day hear at least one of my songs at that random coffee shop. But that experience and many more along the way have led me to understand who I am as a creator, but maybe more importantly, who I'm not. What I do know is that my content will never be viral for viral sake. I'm not seeking it out. I'm not going to be someone who's an expert on experts. I'll never be an insert topic here podcast. I'm not your 90s TV sitcom. There won't always be a lesson to learn at the end of my show. If I can find a way to talk about current events that are interesting to me or explored in an angle that I haven't seen done before, maybe. But more likely not, because by the time I talk about it, it's not going to be current anymore. I'm also not going to go out of my way to be counterculture or talk about obscure things to be different. No. Here's why. A few episodes into the podcast, as I listened back to them, I came to a fork in the road. I can make topical enough content that would probably pay well with the algorithms, but only give the very surface of myself, or I could let anybody who's willing to listen take a peek into my authentic brain. Well, if you've listened to my episodes ever since, you would notice some very distinct changes in everything from topics to delivery. It's not that those first episodes weren't me. They are. But it's not the part of me I want to explore in this medium. And who knows? Maybe there's even more of me to unpack. Maybe not. But I do resonate this quote about going viral from Ken Poro. Explore your own innermost thoughts to create content that will evoke deeply relatable emotions and passions in others. So, let's go back to that network Q&A. The thing is, I lied to you. There was a Q&A, but it wasn't mine. I had a slot in the future, but I was able to listen on, on this one to get a feel for the process. So for this round, there would be no turn for me. But what if it was? What would I have said? The truth is, in the moment, I would have done my best to come up with something clever. I would have listened to the answers of the other podcasters and looked for clues as to how to answer to get the best response from the key decision makers. I could have created an elevator pitch, but thankfully, I didn't have to. 
When it comes to my podcast, I don't think I'll ever have a good answer about what it is besides the title. And I'm just fine with that. I've enlisted the help of others to tell me what they think my podcast is, and they've come to the same conclusion as I have. There's no specific answer. Now that I have that information, I'll probably still go to the session, because I feel it rude not to. And who knows? I might end up being a fit. I also might end up saying, hi, my name is Reese, and I have no idea what my podcast is about. And I think that's a great place to end this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I do hope you enjoyed it because I did. I think. After all, I haven't edited this yet, so by the time this comes out, maybe I'll have hated it. Who knows? But until next time, I'll see you next time.